Go Loud Selects. Brought to you by Sky. Watch new exclusive and unmissable content only on Sky. It's time to do our preamble before we go into the show. Preamble. What can we preamble word, about it? this week, Aidan? Eh, well, we could uh, preamble about Rory McIlroy's great comeback. This is this a sports podcast? Well, generally, when I see it, it's usually after a weekend. Unless you want to tell us about your favourite item on Ireland AM. <laughs> hey, let's do it! What's up, good people? I heard someone say that in a podcast. It sounded good. Will I start with that? Yeah, What's on. up, good people? Wow. Yeah, Welcome okay. to Goal Out Selects. That's fantastic. A Goal Out original. What else do I need to say? Are you doing that for the youth who are listening? Yeah. Uh, goal Out Selects is a Goal Out original, a Goal Out production, and it's brought to you by the people at... Sky. That that Simon's intro was more for our discerning listeners. Oh. My what's up, good people, is for everyone else. So uh, you're very yeah. welcome to this week's you're not Freedom FM new podcast coming at you live. Yeah, we take requests. Any requests on the podcast? I have a I have a request. Go for have it. Have you watched House of the Dragon yet? No, I haven't. And well, I, I did promise I'd do it last week. Yeah, yeah. I it never delivers. I know. Do you it's know like what? A ship I was postman. I was going to go and do the whole Game of Thrones thing and then go back, but I I will get into it at some point because we've had two already. Haven't we? Well, it's it's going to get away from you because there's I already know, two. Know, and, uh, episode three is fast coming down the tracks, and uh, if you leave it behind too long, you'll go. Oh, and do you know what? Funny. The reviews are good. Ah, they're more than good. They're, they're very, more than good. Very I know there's good. A one or two dissenters, but not everyone can be pleased. But overwhelmingly people, Game of Thrones fans and new fans to yeah. the world of the Targaryens and Flying Dragons and riding your sister. I saw, oh, I saw one uh, pal of mine tweeted that he hadn't watched Game of Thrones but that he was going to give it a go mm. and then an hour and a half later he tweeted, you've got me, I'm in hook, line and sinker. Yeah. So, alright, I'll do it, I'll go, I'll, I'll go down that road this do week. Do it, do it. As a birthday treat to yourself because the next time I see you you'll be, uh, I'll be a year older. You'll be a season older. What season are you in? You... <laughs> he's the most. He's, he's measuring the most my long-running TV seasons. show. Yeah, that's. I prefer to measure my my age in dog years. I'm about thirteen. Now. There you go. Yeah. So I'm in that humpy teenage kind of stage of my life. <laughs> what? What? Yeah. What? Get off me leg. Yeah, get, get off, off me leg. leg. Stop up me. Um, what have we got to recommend this week, Yunfla? Um, we're going to do. Uh, well, I'm going to do a sports. <laughs> television show that everyone is talking about at the moment which is John's going to do a sports documentary from yesteryear John how are you by the way good good how are you JC so the one everyone's talking about the current one we'll start with that is called Welcome to Wrexham Wrexham is a town that battles against odds constantly but the thing that we love more than anything is the football club it's an underdog story and it's about interconnectivity between the club and the community Ringing a bell? Ringing a bell? No. I, I say everyone's talking about it. You're not, obviously. No. Okay. Oh, this is yeah. Ryan Reynolds yes. and some other bloke who bought Wrexham. Hollywood. Rob McElhenney. Rob sure. McElhenney, who's an actor. There used to be a McElhenney shop. <laughs> fabrics. Well, I remember? think there might be the an Irish people. connection there. Um, he was in It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah. He, uh, what else had he been in? was in an episode really? uh, where they came to Ireland and he was... Oh, God. His mission, the Pinkata Charlie. 
McElhenney's used to do school uniforms. All right. I think. Like shoes, I think. McElhenney's. Shoes. Oh, maybe they wear Shout shoes. Shout out to all the McElhenney's or whatever. Hello they, to the McElhenney's. Whatever they sell. Whatever your trade your cousin is. to Rob. Who's so, Rob McElhenney is an American actor. Ryan Reynolds is a Canadian Hollywood superstar. Is and he be- Canadian? See, yeah, that's he is. A, see yeah. I learn something from you every week. I, I was Canadian. Me neither. That's not yeah. the most interesting thing you're going to learn from me this week, but I'll save okay, it for later. Okay, yeah. <clears throat> so, these two guys decide to buy a football club. Now, this is real life. This is not Ted Lasso stuff, although you're watching us. Why? Are they fans of soccer? See, here's the thing. There's been two episodes of it released. Um, It's on Disney Plus, by the way, if you want to watch it. Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney, first and foremost, didn't know each other before this venture began. So if we rewind a couple of years, a couple of years during COVID, Rob McElhenney decided he wanted to buy a football club and he lands upon Wrexham, a one-time big club, one-time champion. Yeah. Um, what were they in? What What would be the equivalent of the championship? Yeah. Why, why Wrexham? Why the hell did you land them? Well, and they try and explain this in episode one, and I won't go into too much detail because I don't, don't want to take it away from anyone. But just to give you a brief idea, he he talks about his own upbringing in Philadelphia, very blue-collar, working-class okay, area of Philadelphia, yeah. Yeah. where sport and the particularly the American football team, the Philadelphia Eagles, are the the lifeblood of the community. Mm-hmm. And uh, he really identifies with that and, and the passion and the, you know, people work their asses off all week to go to the game on the weekend. Very similar to Wrexham, a, exactly. a, mine, a mining town. Yes. Isn't it? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And a one-time great club who are now playing in what would be the fifth division. Tier. Yeah. It's like a, the, a tier up from semi-professional They're football. They're effectively not in the football league. It's the, the lowest moment, yeah. professional. It's the Banarama or something. It's the conference league. They're not. They're not, not even. They're, they're, they're not even there. They're not even. They're not wow. technically in the, in the football, football pyramid. Is yeah. I think it's the four they're leagues. They're to get onto that first rung. I think. From the okay, center. right. It's pretty, pretty so low level stuff. So, so he seems to think that there's a correlation there in his own feelings that he has for the Philadelphia Eagles to this club in uh, in in a town in Wales, and he just he decides I'd like to buy that club, and and as he said himself, he goes, the thing is though, I have television money, I don't have Hollywood money. And then he decides to contact Ryan Reynolds, who he's never met, right? And over several Zoom meetings from their LA mansions, they agree to pull their money together and make a pitch and a bid to the board of Wrexham Football Club. It's kind of owned by the fans. You say pull their money. Like I'd say if we had a whip around at the local in Cabri, you'd probably buy Wrexham. It didn't take Hollywood money to buy Wrexham, surely, did it? They got to change it of a couple of grand. Probably not to buy it, but if you're going to invest in the club and you're going to bring in better players. Because it's it's a Welsh club. Well, they want to get them promoted. That's that's the fundamental goal. Into the English league. Yeah, the legitimate league of football and see how high they can go. But first and foremost, they want to get them out of this shitty league that they're in this fifth tier right, okay. so to speak so they buy the club no surprise there um, and there's two episodes of it and so far they're in the early stages of um, I guess establishing their own mark on the club mind you they're doing this all from the remove of the yeah. Atlantic they're in America but they've been they've but been they over, send yeah. over an English guy who's yeah. friends with Ryan Reynolds he works in the movie business yeah. and he's kind of the conduit between them and he arrives in to, to the football team who are all brought to a meeting and they're all sitting there going like, what the fuck's going on with our club? 
the fans are really excited because yeah, yeah. this is a world story. The, the world spotlight is on Wrexham all of a sudden. But the players, I think, are like, is this how, serious? How far what? into the phone call do you think the chairman realised it wasn't a piss take? Mm. Hi, this is Ryan Reynolds, PA. You want to talk and I'm to sure he, your club? He was a little bit cynical because the entire thing has been filmed from the very beginning. Ah, right. So on these Zoom meetings between Rob McElhenney, Ryan Reynolds and the, and the Welsh football uh, guys, there's fucking massive cameras, you know, filming them. Oh, right, okay. You know, so... Yeah, yeah. So... On one hand, it's, you know, faultlessly sincere. But on the other hand, you're like, really? So this is basically... Uh, is this just like fucking rich man's hobby? And then well, it when, when like... it doesn't work, they're going to go, bye. Yeah. You know, we yeah. already know how um, how it doesn't work out when Americans buy football clubs in, oh, yeah. in Britain. I can, I can write a paper <laughs> um, on that. Yeah, but yeah. Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney are at pains to try and convince and reassure these people that they are here with the most sincere integrity and they're here for the long Well, haul. the first way to convince them is to show them the budget. If we're going to invest in the team, the facilities, the stadium, the training ground development, the youth players, etc., etc., is that what they're doing? It's early doors in it, but yeah. what you will see at the end of episode two is them making their first big decisions their first big oh, hard right. decisions okay. and you okay. go oh okay they're not just here to be the nice guys okay. and where can we watch that it's on Disney Plus two episodes right. have been released by the time we're recording this on a Monday there may be, there'll be another episode before before okay. the week is out anyway what's maybe, it called it's called Welcome to Wrexham Welcome to Wrexham yeah boy. It, it's a very easy watch it's very <clears throat> enjoyable but I can't help feeling they watched Ted Lasso and went yeah there's something in this um, yeah, 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 yeah Americans getting involved and you know even during, and it's definitely made for an American audience because there's times throughout the show where a graphic will come up kind of translating the you know terminology yeah nil American translation zero, zero. okay um, sacked translation fired okay so yeah, it's yeah. you know it's not made for it's not made for us it's made but for it's American also audience. it's reminded me of um, when, when the class of 92 when the lads bought Salford FC um, yeah, but it's the fundamental difference there is you have X. Oh, you know that's um, but, but the Premier League but the show players from that community. Yeah, but buying the, the you know. But the show essentially is we want to take this club, which has been a huge part of our local community. Yeah, uh, and we want to build it into uh, a force within the English league structure. And the, and you know there's been four, three, four seasons of it, mm. and they've got them up there now. They're now a league club. You know, yeah, they're now competing. Yeah, like I would think it's great it's, watching. It, I think I love watching that stuff. I yeah. do too. And yeah. how decisions are made because particularly as, as, a, as a football fan, yeah. you want to know how and why has that manager not been sacked? Why was he sacked? Uh, what in the name of the Jays are they doing about the ground? Are they, and you want to see how these decisions are formed. Yeah. And this is just all about money. You know, the, the, this particular docuseries focuses a lot on the community and, and the people yeah, in it yeah. and how important their club is to them. So you yeah. have the guy who runs the, the bar that's yeah. attached to the, it, that's great the football stuff. stadium. And but it's like Sunderland until I die it's, on There's vibes of that I love too. That you know, and the fans are very disgruntled with the current state of their yeah. club. So they're like, yeah, if Hollywood can come in and bring us, you know, uh, fame and fortune, we're all for Absolutely. it. Even if these yeah, two yeah. guys know nothing about football but they're, or running a football club. But they're club. obviously learning along the way and we get to see all that on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, and the, the pure fact is you don't know how this is going to end up. No, it could be an absolute car crash. They scored 23 goals more than Grimsby this season, Rex, and there's so much threat in that side. There's the showing here! And they've equalised! Tozer! Excellent. So Disney Plus, welcome to Wrexham. Uh, you've got a sporty one as well, have you, JC? I have another football one. Um, oh, it's football heavy Wrexham, this week. Obviously, that, that's a tough job. So yeah. I like to talk about an impossible job. Oh, fucking! Do I not like that? 
Hey, segue. Segue alert. He's very smooth. Can we have like a ding, 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 ding? When someone, <laughs> we yeah. should rename him Sade because he's a smooth operator. <laughs> <laughs> what did you call him? Sade. Sade. Oh, God, I remember once. Sorry to go off topic here. Operator. One of my very early TV jobs involved uh, working on a daytime television show and being sent around the country to knock on people's doors during the t- when the show was live in the yeah. middle of the afternoon. And if you opened the door, you Doing said... Doing a You said, the, yeah, or the Marty Whelan Daz doorstep challenge. Not too dissimilar to that. If you said whatever the magic word was, or even if you opened the fucking door, you got a hamper. And the hamper involved some merchandise from the show and some yeah. bags of tea and yeah. whatnot. Right. But then uh, one week we were doing it and we'd get sent in CDs. Remember them? From the yeah. record companies. And we'd put some of the CDs in the hampers. Yeah, of course, yeah. And one of them was Shade. Oh, wow. But Shade is not spelt how you, it's pronounced. Sade. 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 So, yeah. yeah, there's me live on national TV going, yeah. and here you have the latest single from Sade. Oh, you did, <laughs> you spanorama. Up there with Marty Whelan's Bell 11. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Or the, or the late, great Tony Fenton. I don't know if this story is true, but it barely asked the, the cores, I think it was, or the Carter twins, how they met. <laughs> Possibly uh, not, not Right, not so true. that was a, now, that sorry. was a tough job that he was doing door to door, giving out Sade CDs. Uh, but again, it's it's a tough one now, and I think that like a lot of people accepted wisdom. If you get the England job, it's it's now viewed as the hardest job in football. Like, quote, it's unquote. a death sentence. You know, you're a dead man walking. You, you can't really come back from it into uh, club football really in any kind of profile. Managers just tend to do that, and then they're done. Like Capello, Sven uh, Eriksson, etc., etc. Yeah, it's it's not mm. it's not a training ground you'd imagine for uh, aspiring managers. I don't know how Southgate's going to come out of it. He's been doing well thus far, mm. but a lot of that originates with Graham Taylor. Okay, nineteen ninety World Cup, England played well, denied by the Germans in the semis. Penalties is a cruel way to decide any sporting contest. Yeah, and uh, one team wins and one team loses. Uh, as Gary Lineker said, twenty-two people on the field, everyone tries their hardest, and, and then the Germans Germany win. win. Yeah. But Bobby Robson came out of that tournament with his stock. It was never higher. He did an amazing job. He got the best out of his players. Yeah. Uh, he just came up against an irresistible force that was the Germans. <laughs> Gaza's tears, all that shit. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. And then you have, okay, Robson decides soon afterwards, I'm going to hand the baton on. I can't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. It's been four years of stress, spotlight, juggling egos. and I've about The British press. British press hounding me and I've done as much as I can. I'm going to go back into club football, which he did to great acclaim. Enter Graham Taylor. No, didn't he not give it up with the view to thinking one day I'm going to go and help manage the Republic of Ireland? Steve Staunton specifically is what he said at the time. <laughs> <laughs> he says, I, th- I had a dream last night yeah, and this, yeah. this ginger-haired yeah. Irish man appeared From to Dundalk. Me. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's How a, you get now? I need you. Not now, but in the future. There's a left-back at Liverpool who's going to... Anyway. <laughs> exactly. go on, go on. Uh, so Graham Taylor did great things at Watford back in the kind of 70s into the 80s. Uh, everyone liked him. Good kind of developer of youth, kind of youth talent. But the archetypal safe, cheap bet by the FA. They're like, okay, who, who are we going to go with? They probably had a couple of options around, but they went with Graham Taylor. Euro 92 rolls around. England coming off semi-final of the World Cup. What's going to happen? They die a death. Scrape their way out of the group. Get beaten by the Swedes in the second round. Hence the famous kind of headline. Swedes won, turnips nil. Graham Taylor's face. On the, this yeah. on, on, on the tabloids, on the, oh, the sun or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. As he, a turnip. As a turnip. He, he was never turning it around from there, right? It's kind of the, the zenith of the, the hack pack, as they cruel. were known. It's just the cruel. cruelty of the British yeah. press. Yeah. And, yeah, and they hound him. So the whole kind of point of this documentary is going into USA 94. A lot of players like Yveen Wright, Les Ferdinand, Tony Adams, a lot of these players are starting to peak. Like even Gaza, like he was yeah, still yeah. doing all right. They had a very, very good squad. Like he kind of augmented. You should be winning something. You should be winning something. You have like, you know, the likes of uh, Stuart Pearson there. Lots of really, really talented Golden players. Jello, 
But Taylor, by nature, is incredibly conservative. He would drop Gaza all the time because he felt, well, this team are going to put it up us. They're going to be physical. I don't think I can rely on Gaza. He's going to maybe wilt. Yeah. Wouldn't play Beardsley. Mm. Inexplicably, I don't know why. So straight away, when you drop one of, if not two, yeah. of the most naturally gifted footballers the, the country's ever spawned. Yes. Here on the and he moaned that his, his squad wasn't good enough. Again, he David Platt, arguably David Platt. one of the best yeah, yeah. Uh, attacking midfielders on the planet at the time, you know, playing his trade in Italy. He gets his group down for the 94 World Cup to lead up. Okay, he has Norway beat them no hassle. The Netherlands, they'll come first, maybe. We'll come second. Poland, whatever. San Marino, also rants. Yeah. First and second, us and the Dutch starts off. They lose to Poland, and of course, th- the cameras are everywhere in this documentary. I mean, everywhere, like on the pitch, training ground, in in after the games, half time. They're Dressing just room, swarming them. Oh, wow! I love and he that, I love absolutely that. gave them complete access, like complete access. Do you think he did? Yes, and I'll tell you why. Really? Because there was a game against the Dutch. Uh, kind of fast forward a bit. Very important game, and they weren't allowed into the stadium. There was this kind of thing, well, no, 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 no documentary crew, not going to do it. He gave them track suits and sports kits to put their equipment in to come in and pretend they're part wow. of the training. Did he? Wow. Yeah. I wonder why he was so keen for it to have it all. He's a people. Maybe like he's building a people. He wanted to see, he wanted to show people, look, it's not my fucking fault. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. That's it, exactly. He, he, he misread the situation, God bless yes, him. But again, he's a bit of a people pleaser and a nice guy. And he's your archetypal geography teacher, doubling as PE teacher, <laughs> but not necessarily you know going to inspire anybody yeah. I'm sorry but that's the truth so you have all these players kind of kicking their heels like you know heavy lids looking at him uh, sceptical mm. in training he's like okay we're doing 4-4-2 four, four, we'll do this this and this no imagination God bless him just wasn't really up to the task yeah. it gets to the business end of this campaign okay 94 they feel they're nailed on they lose to Poland I think they draw away then to Poland it's going to be a case and coming down to it they have to beat the Dutch or they're going to be left in a very very tricky position at the end and this is where the famous quote comes from do I not like that Platt almost in on goal gets hacked down by Ronald Koeman like a professional foul instant red card nowadays ref kind of hums and haws shakes his head play on gives him a begrudging yellow Taylor's about to like expire (laughs) on the touchline they go down the other end the Dutch win uh, a free kick on the edge of the box of course, Koeman, central defender, scored over 250 goals in his career. Many of them for free kicks. He steps up, sticks it. The, Dutch, the Dutch win. Taylor, almost in tears, saying to the, the, the linesman and the referee, you've only going to lost me my job. You've only going to got me sacked. I hope you're proud of yourselves. Wow. He kind of regains his composure, right? And it comes into it. San Marino are the last, last game. They have to hope that the Dutch lose away and they beat San Marino by seven goals or more. Started the San Marino game. Within eight seconds, the fastest World Cup qualifying goal ever, scold, ever scored is scored by San Marino. I remember that. Remember <laughs> Tony Galtieri, a part-time computer parts salesman from yeah. San Marino, scores within eight seconds. Yeah. Now, just repeat that name for the, the, the future pub quiz question. Yeah. Tony Galtieri. And he's never bought a drink since. No, no. nor a Scalacci, never but anyhow. So, the English battered them then. They, they eke out a 6-1 drubbing. No good. And then eventually, Taylor has to basically fall on his sword but over the 48 minutes and they pack it in it was showed on uh, Channel 4 at the time in 94 is more drama than you'd seen an entire football season the way this man has to juggle the demands of players inspiring players his own coaching staff kind of question him the press hounding him like I've never seen that like it's actually criminal the way he was treated him and his family Uh, and then in the end when his eventual failure uh, just thrown away like yesterday's news it was 
It's traumatic, man. It's incredible. Yeah. I would recommend he, anyone revisit it. and all, fly on the wall. He ended up, though, he, the, I mean, he went on to manage X, Y and Z clubs, but and he was always very highly regarded. I mean, when he passed away, there were lots of tributes, and I know there always but are. They always but, say nice things yeah. about you when you're dead. Um, did that inspire the Mike Bassett it did. thing, yeah. England manager? In 2001, you know, yeah. So it was a piss take, really, of. It's the most tragic and comic kind of documentary you could watch, yeah. because... Sounds riveting. It is. It's amazing. Where can you see it now? You can see it all on YouTube. The 48-minute kind of clean aired version with the bleeps, but then they have the 77-minute uncensored versions also up there. Uh, This poor man is just tearing his hair out for an hour trying to inspire those around him while the press is just baying for his blood. Berating him. And they got their man in the end. They got got rid of him. They They got rid of him in the end. Uh, It's painful. Bastards. Oh, that bastard. There's a great little scene and I'm going to, we'll play a clip now where he admonishes a member of the press for not letting them express himself. What's the problem? What's the problem with everybody? What's the matter with everybody? Particularly English people, the Dutch people. Come on, come on, rise yourselves. Get on with it. Look for your win. Oh, Rob, Rob, I can't continue giving a, uh, Rob, I can't have, listen, Rob, I cannot have faces like yours round about me. Now, I'll continue. No, I can't. I can't, Rob. Rob, 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 I'll tell you, I'll tell you this now. If you was one of my players with a face like that, I'd fucking kick you out. You would never have a chance of Beautiful. Well, it's time of the week to welcome back Brian Lloyd, and it's two weeks in a row. I wonder, is there any coincidence that every time Man United win, Brian reappears? I mean, like, please don't hold me to that. Please don't hold me to that. <laughs> oh, we might never, well, see, we might you never again. see you again. <laughs> I mean, well, like, yeah, true, but also as well, this is the fact that, like, I, if you were to hold a gun to my head and ask me to talk about Manchester United for more than five minutes, you'd have to pull the trigger because I just don't know anything about football. Sorry. Right, okay. Well, I got nothing. I got nothing for you. I can't even I can't Jesus. even like spoof me way through a conversation here. Like I can't He's help in great you. form this week. Well, no, I'm like, <laughs> no, like I think he's got all we start off like, with no, a rail. No, 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 I'm just like I just, just well, shoot me now. I just like I just I don't fucking know. Okay, don't fucking ask me about it. I'm fucking out. <laughs> well we talk about films. Please, there we go. Let's... Now we can now I've got something for you. Is well, there is there something big? Almost seismic going on in the movie world this there week. There is. Well, there certainly isn't his in Brian's in world. Is this atomic bomb level of? This is, and I, I am genuinely not cutting right. <laughs> I, you, you, you think I'm exaggerating when I say this, right? I had three things I wanted to do before I retired from being a film critic, right? Okay. One was do a 25 hour uh, charity event in a cinema. Did Tick, that this year. Done. Tick, yeah. Did that this year. Well did done. Cinema thing. Really happy with that. Number two is I wanted to I want to interview Harrison Ford at some point. Cool. Why? Uh, he's a hero. Like I've I've every every film he's done, I think is like where there's witness whether something like Witness or the fucking Mosquito Coast or if it's Blade Runner or Indiana Jones. He was just like a hero growing up. And I've all, now I've heard he's a prick to interview. Really? I've heard he's like one of the worst interviews you can possibly get because he's just really like taciturn and he only like answers in like three word sentences. He's a miserable sod. He's a miserable sod and he hates doing interviews. There's there's this image of Harrison Ford that's out there that you're grumpy. There's this there's this grumpy Harrison Ford image. That's horse. <laughs> he does the best quivering lip in cinema. Yes. He does that. Yeah. The, that. Wh- and the point. It's the yeah. point. The lip wobble. Yeah. yeah. You find that man. So uh, you haven't done that yet. I haven't done that yet. And number three on the list was watch Michael Flatley's directorial debut, <laughs> Blackbird. Victor Blackley, I believe you have something for mine. Oh, I am. 
is none of your concern. And what I do is out of their control. Bless me, Father, for I have sinned. And I'm about to sin again. And it is going to be in cinemas this Friday. Oh my we're recording gosh. this Jesus on Jesus Yeah, we're recording this on Monday, Grand Soft Day that I am, uh, and I will get to see it on Wednesday. Now, on a level of one to holy sweet laminated Jesus, how excited are you to see this? Do you know what this is? And tell us why you're excited. I'll tell you why I'm excited. Right? I okay. So let's start at the beginning. Very good place. This to start. film was first announced in 2018. In fact, actually, I think it was nearly, it was March of 2018 when this was announced, right? Um, he had been filming it basically since like 2017, middle of 2017, up until uh, March 2018. Poster was released. He had posted about it a couple of times on uh, Instagram and stuff like that. And there were some details in terms of the cast. The cast that they were going to so, be in it. And, yeah, yeah okay, so it yeah. was like going to be like Eric Roberts and... And were you uh, excited at that point? I mean, it was excited in the sense of, what the fuck is Michael Flatley doing? Right. That he thinks he can direct a film? And like, not why only have can you he... become more excited over the intervening years? Well, that's... I'm get, Like, this is me building the story. Oh, sorry. I'm building the story. Let building me, let me, tension. Let me set the He's tone. already given us a lesson on how to do a level check and I'm like, now I'm getting <laughs> fucking acting lessons. Let me just set the tone let me just set the atmosphere Simon go for it go for right. it I await with bated breath so and I won't interrupt you anymore I, I promise <laughs> <laughs> because okay. I know the worst thing is when you're trying to build tension is some twat interrupting you well this will be an exercise in how long Simon could stay quiet for so Brian you can take as long as you want oh, okay. <laughs> so go for the it. film was announced in 20, uh, March 2018 you told uh, us that yeah. poster on all that I'm trying to just Sorry, capture well, the, I'll be good, the no. fucking messer down the no, back no, of class I'll be good now. now the floor is yours comrade so basically basically the film like when the poster was announced everyone was ripping the piss out of it because right. it looked absolutely ridiculous it looked like a James Bond piss take didn't it correct yeah. like Michael Flatley being a spy yeah. and like it just like what like it didn't make any sense whatsoever like it and makes perfect sense. It all well, yeah, it does when you think about it. But then it got even further was he wrote it. Oh. He directed it. Yeah. He self-financed it and he starred in it. Plays the lead, yeah. Plays the lead. Now, okay, if you're Kevin Costner and it stances with wolves, sure, that makes sense. You're Kevin Costner, you have a, a reputation, you have a, a body of work that you can refer back to, and if this is a passion project... Yeah. Now, I know what you're going to say. You're going to say that's a real sort of like no, vanity I, project. So no, no, it's not. But I just don't believe... I don't believe in being, you know, being told to stay why, in your Why lane. are you talking? I, no, go into this no, conversation. I want to get in because I, I actually I, would love your opinion no, because on I don't think... I, I'm a firm believer. I fucking hate people who, who insist on people staying in their lane not saying that you are oh, yeah. but mm. like would you have been more surprised if it had been the movie of Lord of the Dance I mean yeah because I mean, then you're thinking oh, been... well that makes sense then sure you I know mean, like... we'd self-finance that or yeah. whatever but... I mean or if it was even something set in the dancing world or whatever yeah, you know okay. what I mean? if it I, was I a little that. bit more kind of in his wheelhouse you'd say okay that's interesting but at I the think... moment I'm thinking fair play to him so far sure right okay, okay. I'll give you yeah. okay. alright 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 <laughs> Um, no, like so. It anyway. It was due to be. Was it due to be released? That was the thing. Ah, right. Okay. No release date was set. No release. Never date, mentioned. Never mentioned. It was wow. just the poster was released, and that was it. And everyone was like, "What the fuck is this?" Because look, okay, now look. Let's not kid ourselves here, right? 
I think it's a fair comment to say that, you know, in order to do something like this, I know you're. I know the benign version of this is, oh, you know, like don't stay in your lane, and yeah, yeah. you know, you got to be a yeah. self starter in this business. But you have to people, be able to do it. But you have to be able to do it, and blah blah blah. The I suppose the malignant version of this is that that's an egomania. That's an egomania. Sure, okay. to do something yeah. like that. That's pretty crazy to yeah. cast yourself in your very very first film where you're playing this international super spy that's surrounded by women, uh, beautiful women and in Barbados. And like, don't get me wrong. Like, look, if I had millions to throw away, I'd probably do some stupid thing like this as well. Like, you know, is this as ridiculous as Jeff Bezos? Releasing a film that he's written and starred the lead in. Do you know I, what mean, I mean, it's a similar vibe, isn't it? Like, is it? That's you know, if you have the money, yeah. But Jeff Bezos is not the same, nor is he viewed in the same way as Michael Flatley is. Michael Flatley is, on one hand, rightly so, revered, revered and respected yeah. for his uh, his work as a dancer and as his business acumen and the revolution. He, but was he the not was in, in the revolution of Irish dance? But he's also viewed as a figure of fun. He's parodied yeah. and mimicked yeah. and slagged off by some people. Greatest form of flattery is imitation. Indeed. Um, but he's Bad also, and you've interviewed him as a vice, Simon. He's a genuinely warm and lovely him? guy. You've did interviewed a lot of people you don't remember. Maybe it is. I don't yeah. remember. Was oh, he on Ireland AM or something? Wasn't <laughs> he? No, I don't think he was. He was on Ireland AM with us last year. <clears throat> was he? You were in the room. Maybe you weren't part of the interview, but you were there. Right. Oh, right. And he, he couldn't have been nicer. Yeah. You know? yeah. And, and look, maybe the joke's on us. You know? Maybe. I mean, like... Right, so to continue, yeah, no, that's that's has a fair. Has this po- become a quest for you, though? It has. This right. is the whole point, point. and that's see. what that's that's more begs the question: Why? Because it's the thing of like, it struck me as the ultimate rich man's folly. That's yes. what this looked like. Yes. It was a rich man's folly. Okay. It was like, how fucking terrible is this film that he puts out this poster, doesn't release a trailer, doesn't release any kind of other promotional material for it whatsoever, screens it three times. For hundreds of people at the Raindance Film Festival in London, at the very, very last minute, like an hour before the film was due to start, he rescinded all the invitations for journalists and critics, right? But the public saw us, the festival got No, us. that's the other part of this so as well. So he pulled it completely? No, he didn't pull it completely. He only allowed a, a guest list in. He only allowed specific <clears throat> people that he wanted to see in to see of the film. friendlies or industry people? Friendlies, by all accounts. Well, I mean, I don't know who was in it, but all I know is is that... You know, upwards of like a thousand people have seen this film and no one has seen it. In other words, no one has Jeez, written about Simon it. Trace. No one has tweeted about it. Yeah. No one has talked about it online. There is no physical evidence on the internet that well, anyone has seen this so film. So is this a series of stumbles and mistakes or is this all a maniacal genius well, maybe he, um, clearly the people who've seen it had to sign NDAs or whatever I don't know this is the thing like I'll put it to you this way right? anyway it's got you to the point where you're <clears> fucking freaking I out. was like I've got to see this film because I have never in my in my you know 10 plus years of doing this job I have never worked this hard to try to see a film in my life so what wow. have you done well like I mean I called people I called every single distributor in the country called every UK distributor Every single one of them said, are you releasing Blackboard? Do you have any plans to release Blackboard? Every single one of them said no. This was all in like... He's like 20... an addict. Give me it, yeah, give me it. I need it. I this, need was like, this was like in 2019. It was Great. literally ringing every single distributor in the country. Right. right? Talked to them on the record and off the record. Yeah. Every single one of them said, no, we haven't been offered it. If we were offered it, we'd, disc- we'd, you know, we'd consider it, but yeah. no, we're not doing it. Um, checked with... Ne- called somebody I knew inside of Netflix. They... I, there was ta- there was again nothing that could be confirmed basically, yeah. and anyone who talked to me on Netflix only spoke off the record, so yeah. I couldn't I can't even repeat it now what they said. Right. Um, 
the whole thing went dead, basically. It looked like this film just existed in the ether, as in... But was never going to see the light of day. But was never, ever going to see the light of day. Until... Until, right, I had interviewed a colleague of his, this guy called Philip Moross was his name. And he was basically like this... uh, He's this music guru who was advising Michael Flatley on it. Interviewed him for about, like, nearly an hour. Talking about About something else. No, about Blackbird. Trying to get it out of him. He's like, why isn't he releasing it? And he goes like, oh, you know, like... Michael's is like kind of what you were saying, like, oh, Michael's a self-starter and like, you know, it's not so unusual for people to self-finance their mm. own kind of things. And he really, really wanted to do this. And, you know, you know, he built an empire out of his feet and all this kind of stuff, which I just found hilarious when he said that. But I was like, he was seeing it. He, he said it was just sincerity. But when I heard it, I was like, that's yeah, fucking hilarious. That's great. Like, um, and then made one. Fellow who owned Clark's shoes did the same thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, he just had to get a leg up, you know. Hey! 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 If you didn't hear that, John said the shoe fits. Hey! It was totally oh, terrible. Jesus Move on. But, so uh, basically, it came to the end of the, it came to the end of like 2019, and I published this big investigation into why the film hadn't been released. Yeah. Published oh, it. that was you. That was me, yeah. My, my mate sent me that when the trailer got released there a few weeks ago. Yeah, that was me. All the WhatsApp groups I'm in were humming and buzzing with this trailer. And then one of my mates followed up with, you, read, you need to read this. This is the story behind why it's only coming out that's now. That's, my Brian. that's me, yeah. I wrote that, yeah. Fucking investigative journalist of the year. Brian yeah. Lloyd, everybody. Yeah, yeah. But that, no, but that was it. Like, I literally spent like 14 months trying to track down this film. Like, literally was like, this was my all the president's men <laughs> investigation. <laughs> Where are you? Stuck. The story is stalled on us. And you thought I'd help? I'll never quote you. I wouldn't quote you even as an anonymous source. I mean, you'd be on deep background. You can trust me, you know that. This will be the one I'll be remembered for. So, out of, out of nowhere then. Out, I'll tell you, again, let, oh, me, sorry, let, me, fi- yeah. let me finish sorry. the story. Let me finish I'm the story. I'm dropping the gun. Between, between <coughs> I, when I published that and when the, it got announced it was released, I had, like, I had a Scottish film distributor rang me up. <coughs> and he was all like... Threatened you. No, 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 it didn't threaten me. It was all like... Listen, do you have I'll an tell inbox? you something, son. You ain't another one <laughs> about that you. fucking movie. I'm going to remove you toe by toe, fucking toe. <laughs> I think there's been a murder. Not <laughs> your fingers, we're going to take your toes. Hey, yeah, yeah, 15, I'm dead. It's a sign from Michael, um, a.k.a. Blackbird. <laughs> Master Flatley wants to meet you. <laughs> <laughs> I really hope there's no sign Bring your people. fucking tin whistle. <laughs> <laughs> Bring your tin whistle. Right, no get... one's leaving here until we find out what did this. Carry on. <laughs> Um, <laughs> a Scottish distributor called you and said Called me and he said Listen do you have an in with Michael Flatley He said I want to release this in Scotland He said I don't give a fuck about the UK I don't give a fuck about Ireland I want to release this in Scotland I says I own a couple of cinemas in Scotland I want to release it And I was like I don't fuck it I said, Michael, I said I spent a year trying to get an interview with Michael Flatley To talk to him about this film He wouldn't talk to me I talked to his PA, I talked to mates of his, talked to people that were at screenings off the record and under condition of anonymity. Fucking serious. Well, did they tell you what it was like? Oh yeah, they told me what it was like. Can you tell us? No, because I haven't seen the film yet. I mean, there's not, I mean, look, it told me exactly what I needed to hear, which is, you know, the film is complete. By all accounts, this film is complete. He's not holding this back for post-production or CGI or anything. Right. This is a finished film. Okay. It is picture lock. He's done with it. <clears throat> He's just not releasing it. Um... So anyways, yeah, so uh, Scottish distributor uh, called me and said, look, have you got a name with it? 
other people who'd worked on the film came to me on the condition of anonymity and said, yeah, I worked on that film. Yeah, I worked on this and that and the other and that. Yeah, 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 blah, 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 blah. I've seen it. I was like, can you get me a copy? No, no, I haven't got the copy anymore. I was like, whatever. So then, I, <laughs> to, to, to bring this right up to 2022, yeah. I got a phone call off a publicist who I think you know, Glenn Hogarty. Yes. You know Glenn very well. Do you know Glenn? No, I'm just laughing, just thinking that you woke up and there was a, instead of a horse's head in your bed, there was just a, like a, cr- a, rump- a crumpled up a bird. Crumpled Irish dancing shoe. <laughs> With <laughs> a bird stuffed in With it. With a crow yeah, in it. Yeah. <laughs> oh shit, it's Flatley. Take that, you bastard. <laughs> Why does Michael Flatley have a Scott? Oh, I don't cares. know. Maybe he does in the movie. Maybe he does. No, no. He does. He could. He could be Blackbird. He could be Blackbird. Carry on. So I got an email off Glenn Hogarty. Or no, it's not a, not a, an email. A phone call off him, which is rare. Right. Now, who's Glenn? Glenn publicist. Hogarty is a publicist for Wildcard Distribution. Okay. He runs Limelight Communications. <clears throat> Good guy. Known him for years. Really, really sound. Rings me up and he says, uh, he says, are you working today? Are you? I said, well, I said, like, I'm kind of pottering around. There. I was actually getting the front door of my house painted. There you yeah. were. That's what I was doing. Yeah. And he says, you working today, are you? And I said, uh, oh, well, I'm kind of pottering around. What's up? And he said, listen, just be, just stand next to your email for the next 20 minutes, will you? I was like, yeah, yeah, grand, yeah. Next minute, release date, Blackbird. Blackbird, uh, Michael Fatley's directorial debut is being released in Irish cinema September 2nd. Simon. That's my birthday. Is it? <laughs> yes. Yeah. He told us really? last week. Oh, shit, you did. And I was meant to bring you something and I totally forgot. I'm well, sorry. I now. think it can still be saved with a ticket to Blackbird. <laughs> So um, it's been released on my and the trailer was dropped with the it. The trailer it? was dropped that day as and well. You couldn't press play quick enough. I couldn't. I literally <sighs> hammered the play button. What do you think of the trailer? No. Okay. Your job isn't to review trailers, no. by the way. Yeah. No, and I have seen plenty of trailers. Yeah. That have been absolute muck, and the film has turned out to be amazing. And vice versa. And vice versa. Yeah. In saying that. Uh, the trailer, you know, like, okay, so it's, uh, yeah, yeah, okay, right. George Clooney Can we assume for a moment that most people listening have seen the trailer? Yeah. And if they haven't, I urge you to pause us right yes. now, now. Watch, watch it, it and then, it, and watch then it. this will make more sense. And then sense. this will make more sense. Yeah. So George Clooney talked about this when he was directing Confessions of a Dangerous Mind, that one about Chuck Barris, right? Yeah. And he wrote and directed, he starred and directed in it, right? And he talked about, like, when you're directing, you've basically got two takes, max, because you don't want to seem like an egomaniac. You certainly don't want to seem like you're holding up a production just so you can get your fucking scene right and all this kind of gotcha, stuff. Gotcha, yeah. So normally, like, you've got to be really, really on the ball and get it as done. As the actor. As the actor. Yeah. But then, because you're directing as well, so you're, like, yelling, okay, action and blah, okay, cut, blah. In saying that, I don't know how many takes Michael Flatley took to say some of his lines, but... They weren't great. They weren't great. And the delivery and from what I remember the, the trailer. The lines are quite short. They're, yeah. They're, 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 they were it's quite empty t- dialogue. Don't, it, wasn't, it wasn't like he wasn't, you know. It's more how it looks. This isn't going to be Glen Gary, Glenn Ross when it no. comes to dialogue. You know, this is going to be a this Lancome conver- commercial yes. dotted with a gunfight and a car chase. Exactly. Yeah. Like, this is not David Mamet. This is not, no. you know, Shakespeare. This no. is not. It's not the life Becca. of Pi. No. <laughs> no, it's not any of these things. Like, but. Oh dear! But like his 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 uh, resuscitation, his 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 diction. I mean, he was speaking the words, but like I don't know if he was speaking the words. Now, can I ask you a question? Yeah, <laughs> is it true that it was entered and uh, in the Monaco Film Festival recently? Now that's 
You've touched on something there, oh. and another aspect of this story that right. I find is even more hilarious. Okay, because right. he was nominated, was he? And he won. Best Actor. Best Actor. Now, can I have a hazard a guess that this awards was just invented? It's never happened before. It was just invented this year. Well, the Monaco created just so he could win this thing. It is a festival. It is a film festival. And he it's, sweeps in and wins it? Let me, let, me, <clears throat> let, me, let me tell you my story about yes. the Monaco streaming film festival ah. so we get the uh the the film corps or the film press corps basically gets the sniff that uh blackbird is going to be screened at the monaco streaming film festival so of course all us hacks get the idea well it's a streaming film festival and this oh, by the way this was like 2020 literally bang smack in the middle of covid in the middle of pandemic yeah. lockdown okay no one so we're going back two years before trailers and all sorts yeah gotcha okay. or sorry was it 2021 actually i think it was 2021 yeah you're right either way we're, we're back in time now 2021 yeah uh we all get the sniff that uh blackbird is going to be screened at this thing monaco right. streaming film festival so we're thinking okay it's a streaming film we'll festival. Stream it. we'll be able to stream it we'll finally be able to see it yeah. right there's just a fucking barrage of emails sent to this poor publicist in Monaco saying, Hi, I'm from the Irish Times. Hi, I'm from entertainment.ie. Hi, I'm from the Irish Independent. Hi, I'm from Film Ireland Magazine. We all want to see Blackbird. How the fuck do we see Blackbird? How do we see Blackbird? How do we see Blackbird? How do we see fucking Blackbird? Can we get an interview with Michael Flatley? Beating down the door trying to get to see this film, right? And then we get back this little pithy little email from the publicist. And I swear to God, I had to fucking laugh because it was just, it was just so, I was like, of course, of fucking course. Yes. Publicist comes back and she says, yeah, no, we're not streaming that film. But if you happen to be in Monaco, call in and you can see it. And I was like, lady, I'm in Dublin. We're in the middle of a level five pandemic lockdown. And it's a streaming film festival. And it's a streaming film festival. How the fuck am I supposed to get to fucking Monaco? And if you think this is bad, right? I know of a film producer in Ireland. Telephone manner. It's so soft and beautiful. Yeah, I knew of a a film producer in Ireland who was this fucking close, this fucking close to getting on a plane. To getting on a plane and going to Monaco to try see it. Nobody saw it. How did it do at the festival? Well, he won the fucking best actor. So who fucking knows? So what else was on at the festival? Fuck knows. Nothing that I, nothing that I, no, no big films. Right, so let's fast forward to today. Yeah. And you now sit here. Three, two days out. Two days out from sitting with your colleagues in the mm-hmm. Irish press corps. Yeah. Uh, with the chance to see yeah. Blackbird. Now, has there been any, I presume there have been requests to interview him? Yes. None have been granted? None of my requests have been... So it's been screened and it's being released across Ireland Mm -hmm. on Friday. On Friday. The story story I have is is that he... I've just heard... Is he going to be on the date late on Friday? That's... That is the... That is. is. That is it. That's like... I was talking to Alan Hughes actually about this last week on Ireland DM. Well, the timing is more than coincidental. He's going to be in the first late late. But He's going to be the first interview. I would imagine... No, this hasn't been announced yet. Well, it makes perfect sense if he's released on Friday. It would make sense. So is there a premiere here? Apparently so. There's going to be one on... Where? Lighthouse. Um, I think it's I want to say it's either Thursday or Friday is he attending is it a gala I would presume so I haven't heard nothing about it I I would presume so so Um, it's been released on my birthday yeah yeah and he's doing I know you know actually I was talking to somebody back here I know he's going to be on um, Ian Dempsey breakfast show on Friday morning as well 
Oh well, then he's wow. if he's doing that, he's on the late late. Yeah, so yeah, he's definitely going to be. Gonna be but which means he could be on Ireland AM on Saturday. I mean, he could be. But you know what? Listen here, 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 here. If you have him on Saturday, I lock the door. Would you lock the and door ring and, you. and ring me and yeah. call me in because yeah. he has been fucking ducking me. No, I don't want you annoying the guests. No. So tell me this, Brian. After this kind of <clears throat> manic uh, last couple of years you've had uh, yeah. chasing down this film, what would you do if you got to sit in front of Michael Flatley? Before this week is out, I don't know. Yeah, like, this is the thing. I genuinely do? don't know because if he walked in now and said, "Even ten minutes," what's your first question? What happened? That's to be the first question. What happened? what happened? As in, why is why is it only coming out why now? now? Okay. Why now? Like, why the delay? And like, I don't buy this like, <clears throat> because I don't buy this bullshit of oh, you know, the film wasn't finished. Oh, I want to go back and edit. I don't. Right. Right. So you, you want to interrogate him? I, 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 like, I know. I mean, it's like <laughs> that happens. happens. Eat, Michael. Yeah, but that happens. It happens with TV shows. Yeah, it happens with TV shows. But like, I mean. I mean, look, right, in well, all honesty, well, in all I, honesty, I don't think he would ever be honest enough in an interview to say, do you know what? I was afraid of people laughing at me. Because no, I do think... I don't think that's ever no. on his... Right, well, let's dig I in. I think well, he's quite, he's quite <clears throat> po-faced. He's quite, right, he's quite in, self-serious. Let's dig into the film, oh, yeah, right? So. We know it's a kind of a spy movie. And yeah. Let's talk about the casting, because Eric Banya's in it. Now, Eric Banya... Eric Banner? Banner? Banya, is it? Eric not? Roberts. Eric Roberts. Correct. Not yeah. Eric Banya. He's in a different film Banya. about the spy. Eric Banya is <laughs> from Carsevi. It's a lovely man. He was in a short film, the Garvey film, Fled, I'm sure 2008. Did this family owned Banner Beach, which is only over well, the no, road. Well, no, that's Banner. This is Banya but, Beach. Well, it just got lost in pronunciation. Uh, Eric Roberts. Sorry. Film. Eric Roberts. Film. He, he'd be the headliner, wouldn't he, apart from Michael? Well, I mean, oh, there's, yeah. There's only like, one headliner. Well, he's the only name I know. Well, like, uh, fair, is, yeah. Um, Nicole, uh, God, there's a guy. Here, I'll pull up the Beatty, list Beatty, um, Is it Ian Beatty? Ned Beatty. No. Hear right. my song. We've got Michael, Michael Flatley. Network. <laughs> Michael Flatley in the, re- the lead role of Victor Blackley. Yeah, Victor Blackley. Yeah. <laughs> A.K.A. Blackbird. <laughs> you Even the name is fully... Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Victor Blackley and his code name is Blackbird. Come on, the... Yeah. F- come on, come on. Oh, Jesus. I also have Eric Roberts, as you mentioned. Oh, Patrick Bergen. And Patrick Bergen. Patrick Bergen. Right. He plays a character called The Head. <laughs> <laughs> do, we need, do we need to hear the synopsis of the movie just in case anyone's I not watched the trailer? I wait for next week for the review oh, of Blackbird. Okay, Christ. the brief synopsis is Troubled secret agent Blackbird abruptly, abruptly retires from service and opens a luxurious nightclub in the Caribbean. A bit like Idris Elba should have in uh, Beast. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And he goes there to escape nice the dark back. shadows of his past. An old flame arrives and reignites love in his life, but she brings danger with her. Now, I will say, this is the one thing, uh, this is one point to make about this film, right? If Blackbird is like already, we're kind of tittering and laughing at it. Well, you are. I'm. Well, I'm, I, well I'm, the okay, jury's right. out for me. Right. Okay. Fair enough. But like, like there's a possibility that this film could actually be grand, right? Yeah. And if this film is grand, will there be a sequel? No, 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 no. Forget the sequel. A TV spin-off. No, 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 no. Called The Head. <laughs> Starring Patrick Bergen. Well, he as, won't be in the TV series. As The Ear. It'll be Brian Gleeson. <laughs> it's a younger version. Yeah. Go on, Simon, do a, do a free riff. Do okay. A, give me a, give me a okay, TV the show The TV the spin-off head. is a prequel called The Head. It's about the, the whole thing in the Caribbean, the nightclub went tits up, so he decides balls are going to open a chipper and fingers. He, Amazing. He, Brian Gleeson playing the younger head. Yeah. Called Hell You Had. 
decides to set up this chipper in Fingless. It turns into a bit of a mafia thing because obviously there's a lot of the Italian families over here, the Forces, etc. Would of course, yeah, have, Macari's, would, Macari's, have, would yeah. have their turf. Uh, but bringing the head, the younger head, is determined that he wants to bring a new kind of a chipper experience to the people of Dublin. An old flame arrives in the form of an old cooker. A big fucking agar A big fucking You have to use a head, right? I'm not the head! That was me da! Stop calling me that. Oh, no, can, you work, can you work batter into the tagline of the movie somewhere? Oh, oh batter the head of you. There's another, there's a character, <laughs> there's a character in it called batter. Okay. Oh, come on, batter yeah. and then the head. No, there's <laughs> twins, batter and burger. <laughs> this shit writes itself. Somebody ring on, Netflix. We got, a, we got a stomach and roll for you. We My got phone's ringing. Michael F. <laughs> Michael, how are you? I, right. like, I like the idea. But come that here. Uh, are you going to be able to sleep on tomorrow night I'll answer that in a minute I just want to get back to this point right if this film is actually grand mm. it's kind of not good okay right if it's so bad it's good this film will take on another yeah, life it'll be a yes. cult classic it'll yeah. become a cult classic and I think like, already even prior to its release it has that it has that built yeah. up that, yeah, and people are going to go see it <laughs> probably haven't been cinema in ages and maybe they're going thinking they're going to laugh at it. Exactly, yeah. out of curiosity. But if it turns out that it's actually quite competent and actually quite well, good... Then the laugh's on us. The laugh's on us, but, like, th- that'll be it. That, like, it won't have any kind of second life, if you know what I mean, uh, as a cult classic. It could classic. become a musical. Yeah. Could, could become a musical, yeah. I, I mean, yeah. But, I mean, like, you look at something like The Room, for example, or fucking Plan 9 from Outer Space, or, 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 or fucking Showgirls, or any of these like cult films that were so bad it's good. Mm. You know, you see them on like midnight uh, midnight cinemas and all yeah, this. They live on. Yeah, they yeah. live on for, yeah. forever. They do. If Blackbird is good, yeah, Blackbird won't have that because people will just be like, oh yeah, Michael Flatley made that film. Yeah, it's all right. So and what you're hoping for is it's so bad that they'll show it in the cinema in Harold's Cross for twenty years and people will go dressed as the head, exactly, and, and Blackbird, exactly, and people will be throwing <clears throat> shoes at the screen or right. whatever it is, like you know that kind of that it will take on this. I wonder culture. will he have a catchphrase? Blackbird. Oh, I think he would. Like if you look at the trailer, he, he does this thing. He goes, "Who I am is none of your concern. What I do is out of your control." <laughs> Wow. Not like, in any way similar to Liam Neeson and Taken. At all. At all. At all. At all. At all. I don't think I've been as excited to hear a review of yours in my entire life. Yeah, next, I wish it was next Monday. building up for next week like, now. There's an element to <laughs> yeah. the, there is an element to this of like, at this, as, as much as, I'm get, as I seem excited and all the, all the rest of it, this is a bit like dog chasing a car and the car is slowed down yeah. and now I'm walking yeah. up to the car. Be careful what like, you wish for because you're going to see it on Wednesday. And this baby. is it and I'm like, oh, what the fuck? So I what's the general vibe amongst the Irish press corps? Like, are you all, like, seriously, now, are you all waiting with the knives out ready to go, this is a bucket well, of piss? Like, <clears throat> or, I think, look, do you feel like you've been Mickey teased <clears throat> for the last few years? I certainly do. Or if it just had been yeah. released when he was supposed to, would you be arsed? That's the whole point. That's see, the... it's built up. That yeah. is the Deliberately that is ex- or otherwise. Correct. No, you can't see it. No, you can't see it. That's the whole point. I wonder point. why, I wonder why. That's exactly. Okay. You've hit the fucking nail right on the head. Good. If he had just released it's my job. But that's it. If he had just fucking released this when he said he was gonna release it, we all would have just went and see it, wrote the reviews and, and then them, that's it. And then would have walked off. Is there any word about has he anything else in the works? So, like if you look at his IMDB pages, he got he upcoming did, projects. I know has he, he got... did a short um on the lead up to Blackbird, um oh, right. where he played a parachute regiment person. In a movie? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Which is you know, British parachute regiment. 
and you know mm. you're an Irish American. This man really is a sure man of you many talking about the parish Can I ask you a question? Ireland? Have you ever seen him perform live? No. no. I did. And I saw I saw the original production of River Dance in the Point Depot. Oh, yeah. it was. And then I actually went to see I brought my sister who was a huge fan to see The Lord of the Dance in oh. the RDS. And uh he's uh, he's very good at what he does. I mean, look, he's I'm, phenomenal. I mean, yeah. look, I remember when there was a big thing with dance in the 90s. There was like him and whacking Cortez and fucking... I'm sure there was another person I can't even think of now. But there was a big thing about it. And I'm pretty sure I saw like... I, I'm pretty sure I saw Lord of the Dance, the VHS or mm, something like yeah. that mm. or whatever. Yeah. But like, I mean, you know, in more recent years, I think he's become known, as Aiden was saying, as a bit of a figure of fun. Like, I mean, well, no, he's... He was, like, I mean, he was one of the only performers that Donald Trump could get as a, at his inauguration. So, like, he, you know, he's a bit... I'm, and I'm not saying somebody should be, like, cancelled for their political convictions or anything like that, or because he performed for Donald Trump or anything like that. But well, it yeah, is to a be bit... fair, he wouldn't be the only well, famous sound... person in the world no. who supported Donald no. Trump. It know. does no, sound no, like he's put the hand out to get slapped, though. Look, that's know. it. That's what I'm trying to say. I just it. feel it's Michael Flatley's world, and we're just lucky to live in it. Well, I, I think that's how he would see the world. I mean, have yeah. any of you read his autobiography? I have to say I haven't. And if you are thinking of buying me something birthday, don't get me that. Well, I should tell you now, <laughs> right, this is... <laughs> You should read it because no, right. it's. Uh, Did you read this in the in the last couple of years too? No, I somebody sent somebody it. somebody sent it to me uh, as a as a joke for one of my birthdays, and uh, I have Are it at home. It? And let me tell, you, I should have fucking brought it in today. Why didn't I even think of it? But is it not a great story of Rags to Riches? Thing ever? I mean, it is a story. I mean, look, of course it's a story of Rags to Riches. Yeah, of course it is. He grew up dirt poor. Yeah. you know, blah 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 blah. Absolutely. But like at the same time, have you ever heard of an autobiography that starts every single chapter with a quote from a famous person about the topic right. of it? You know, okay. Do you know that sort of way? Okay. Like, I get he had an incredible <clears throat> rise to fame and success. I've never seen someone so fucking proud of themselves for doing it. So I genuinely wish I had a time machine now, because I wish it was this time next week. I mean, we've deduced for no other reason, but we think he might. We might see him on the telly box on Friday night. Yeah. Uh, so we might get a, a sense of, and then of course we'll see. We'll read reviews on Friday. Yeah. And then you're going to be here next week. Yeah. And we're just going to press record and off you go. I can't wait. I mean, like. I, I don't know. Like, I honestly don't know. Like, I, I, I'm so... I have so many mixed feelings about it. Mm. Will you do me a favour? Yeah. When you come out of the screening... Will I ring you? Just text me five words. Sure. Just five I words. Will, yeah. That's all I I'll want. I'll put it into the WhatsApp group. There you go. Do. There yeah, you go. Yeah. Put Excellent. it into WhatsApp Brian, group. Brian, thank you, dear boy. See you next week. See you next week. <laughs> <laughs> Is today the day you wish to confess your sins? Go today. My sins are my own. I'm going to give you a very quick reco. Oh, oh, we're, we're, we're on to it. We just oh. call it recos. Recos? It's not a sports one. And I think Reco I, the I, gaff. This is a BBC drama series. Now, I must have missed it because I didn't realise it was BBC. Um, it's now an alibi, which of course is on the Sky platform. Uh, it's called The Game. I'm going to work for MI5. Well, that's very nice of you. So, you know the drill. We start with your name and rank, then move on to your war record. There is no time. I have information about a major KGB operation about to take place on United Kingdom soil. It has been named Operation Glass. Okay. Have you ever heard of the game? 
Only the film starring Sean Penn was probably that's this is not is related. This huh? is a British Cold War spy thriller starring Brian Cox, uh, Tom Hughes. It's a six part series written by Toby Whithouse. And I just came across it on Alibi last week, down out of the whole lot, and I'm three episodes in, and it's fantastic, lads. Uh, centres around uh, a particular character. MI5 is, is contacted by uh, a Soviet university professor who uh, reveals that he's actually a sleeper KGB agent and that he is being passed information to uh, reawaken, I think is the word, where they... They try and reunite. Um, if you're a sleeper. If you're a sleeper. Yeah. So he's been sent information as part of this thing called Operation Glass, which, in his words, is going to change the, the world. They deactivate, isn't it? Or reactivate. They reactivate, yes. Yeah. So he's, he basically comes to m five and says, look, they've got in touch with me. They're going to give me information. I have to reignite these six agents, and it's all part of this Operation Glass. And the series unfolds from there. Uh, it's set in 72. It's very stylish, very Mad Men-esque kind of look about it. Uh, brilliant cast. Brian Cox plays a character called Daddy. He's the leader of the MI5. And in the first episode, someone goes, why do they call him Daddy? Uh, what's his real name? And the answer is nobody knows. Like all great spy thrillers. Yeah. M and Q and <coughs> Daddy. So that's on Alibi. All name. six episodes are there. The six one hours. And what I love about watching on, on Alibi is there's no ads. You just download the whole thing. Oh, you play that's right. a huge plus. Beautiful. It's great. So you don't sit with the control and you have waiting forward through ads. Do you find, I don't know if it's just a general aging thing, I like to shout at the TV at ads nowadays. Yeah. Ads are becoming more yeah. annoying. Don't watch all Save the ones television. that you or I would do voiceovers for Simon. Um, <laughs> but all the other ones are Every just little helps, really pissed me off. I just I don't see ads very much because you're watching a lot of streaming sites, etc. Uh, but when I do see them, they just seem nonsensical. Like especially yeah. like your it's a barrage of just insurance ads. And My fifteen year old tends to stand like if we haven't got something paused or we're not watching. So if you're watching, say the football live or whatever, he'll come in and he'll stand and he'll watch the ad, and the ad will start and he'll go, "What is this for?" And I go, we're trying to have a guest, Cameron. he go, a car? Yeah, I don't yeah, know, yeah. it's an insurance company or it's a perfume. And he go, what, what's that got to do with what I'm watching on the screen? And I'm mm-hmm. like, there you go. Yeah. He's right. And it seems to me, and I could be wrong, but that the great ads, the ones we all remember, there seemed to be a lot more of them back in the day. There doesn't what is seem your favourite? I know, sorry, this time. is getting into very old fucking Farty McFarrick conversation. There's no tray ads where only... I know every year this, we have the Christmas ads and all that stuff, but just in general, that's just my view. I, I just found that recently, I was watching the TV and I was actually shouting at the TV, but that's probably, yeah. That's an insight into age. It's more of a reflection <laughs> on me. Is this thing you're talking about, this, the, game. the game, is it kind of John, John Le Carre... Yeah, it is. It's 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 billed as a cerebral thriller, you know. And I've I have found myself having to rewind it and go, "Hang on, what did he say there?" Yeah. Ah, right, okay. You do need to have your wits about yeah, you because it. all these things are just full of bluffs, double bluffs. Yeah, you know, it's, it's they can very the very. The cast are superb in it. Um, there's a guy in it called Sean Dooley uh, who you'd know. I I actually looked him up because I I recognised his voice. And he voices, he narrates a lot of the documentaries on Discovery. He's got this really deep English kind of voice. Meanwhile, in Alaska, the lads are down a cave. And I, went, I know I said, that voice. I said, I know Even that you're voice. Only impersonated, right? I know that I voice. I said, I know yeah. that fella. And I googled, and it is him. But he, and he's been in a myriad of other stuff. 
But Shaw, he's in it. He plays a cop who's brought in. He's from the Metropolitan Police who's brought in to kind of supervise in case anything goes tits up in any of these particular missions. But the guy who plays the lead in it is a fellow called Tom Hughes, who kind of reminds me of Benedict Cumberbatch. Kind of, he's very beautiful looking man, uh, tall, slender, very English. He's brilliant in it. Uh, and then Brian Cox as daddy. Mm. But I'm only three episodes in now, and it's at the moment I haven't reached that tipping point where. I'm still asking questions. Nothing's been answered yet. So I can't wait to hear him for the next three. But it's on Alibi, on Sky, ad-free. Get in there. Love it. Love that. Right. So to recap this week, the good people at Sky are reminding us to watch... House of the Dragon. <laughs> Don't know why I did that. And then dye your hair blonde afterwards. And grow it long and dye it blonde because everyone did the show. It's, it's a trend. It's catching on. Okay. And get yourself a dragon. Episode three is coming this weekend. Yes, it is. It? Yeah, the much awaited episode three because one and two gone down. Very well all together. And then you gave us a sporting one. Yes, yeah, so we had two kind of themes on the show yes. this week. First of which being uh, sporting documentaries. The current one that everyone, I think a lot of people are talking about because it's Ryan Reynolds and uh, Rob McElhenney buying a football club called Welcome to Wrexham on Disney+. Plus. It's a couple of episodes there and there will be more and a lot of people are keen to follow this kind of uh, against the odds story. An underdog story. Stars involved. Yes, the underdog Fish story. out of water stroke underdog. Love it. Any and more animal I gave you one uh, An Impossible Job 1994 yes. Bit like producing us Yes <laughs> That's called A thankless job The amount of, oh, the amount of libelous Johnny. stuff John has to cut from this Is unreal uh, Where can we watch that <laughs> All on YouTube uh, Nice and handy Censored and uncensored versions Up there Graham Taylor God rest his soul Do If you want to see What real life that. Football management is like And yeah. it's cruel And I have a spy thriller And spies is the next team Of the show A spy thriller spy is uh, The game uh, available, A BBC production That was on BBC A couple of years ago It's on Alibi 6-1 hours Starring Brian Cox 1972 Cold War thriller Get in there. Sounds great And then the other of course Spy themed one Is Blackboard Blackboard If you've not yeah. uh, Seen or heard anything about it Just watch the trailer And we'll get Brian's full review uh, Next I week Because he's seen the screening Counting the hours What have you learned Sweet chance I'll talk to the listeners while you're thinking of something. So if you're out walking, maybe just it's me and you for the next couple of minutes because uh, John is currently writing something. Aiden's vaping. Uh, I'm just vacant. He's vacant. Yeah. Pretty vacant. Great album, though. Pretty vacant. Anyway, what have you learned this week, chaps? Well, I could tell you something that I learned, but not on this podcast, but I do think it's genuinely interesting. Oh. Hmm. Is that not part of the rules? Yeah, come on, yeah. No, Simon just come switched on. off and started looking at his no, phone. Sorry, like, my phone was oh, fucking. He goes, you, you're going to tell me something interesting. <laughs> you had not done it yet, kid. Uh, do you know why um, outside barber shops you see the red and white pole? Do you know why that is? Why, why they're red and white? No. Simon? No. Because once upon a time, way, way, way back before we had proper hospitals and uh, surgeons, uh, operations used to take place in barber shops. And the red and white pole symbolises the red is blood and the white is bandages. You're joking? No. I learned that this week. And why were they spinning? <laughs> Don't ruin a good fact. It's good That's trivia. absolute bollocks. Total bollocks. No, all it is is we have clearly different interests. In blood it. and bandages. Yeah, yeah. How we represent that, Because lads. you go to the barber to have your fucking yeah. arm amputated. Yeah, don't put a sign out there saying blood and bandages available here. Just put a sign out there that rolls round the round and it's coloured red and white. Total bollocks. See ya. See ya.